0: Offense, play fast. Defense, swarm, swarm and tackle. Attack. We got out block them. We got out tackle them. We got out hit them and hustle. It's real simple. You out block them. You out tackle them. You out hit them and you out hustle. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt.
1: Welcome in. It is week 12 R.J. Bell's Dream Preview, the college football edition. We're running out of these weeks. I'm A.J. Hoffman, joined as always by Scott Seidenberg. Hello, Scott Seidenberg. A.J., we had a change in the college football playoff rankings. Oh, boy. That is big news. Probably not big news, but it's big <laughs> news. It's, uh, it's it's something that we haven't had in some time. I wanted to spend our, our pre-game talk this week discussing kind of some of those scenarios uh, and maybe kick around a little bit of Heisman chatter with you. But a lot more people have been now talking about the scenario where Alabama wins the SEC. Mm-hmm. What do you do then with Alabama and Texas? And I think the most likely scenario, you tell me if you disagree. I First of all, I think Washington is going to lose a game, maybe two. Okay. I think Oregon wins the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. So let's just, in the case where Alabama wins, let's say there, it, there's a discussion between – one lost Alabama, one loss Oregon, and one lost Texas. For two spots. All three won their conference championship. There's an unbeaten Big Ten champ, and there's an unbeaten Florida State in the uh, in the playoff. I think they screw Oregon in that case. No, I think they screw Texas. They 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 cannot put a team in it's that beat b- them head to head. It's happened before with when they both had the same amount of losses. It's
0: happened before, and it will happen when? again. Well, no. Penn State had two losses that year, but they beat Ohio State. They won the Big Ten, and the College World Playoff Committee took Ohio State as a one-loss team that didn't even play in their conference championship over a Big Ten champion Penn State.
1: But it's 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 not apples to apples because a two-loss team versus a one-loss team, mm-hmm. it, it, it like the head-to-head goes out at that point. But this is why,
0: and it's going to get people upset. But the committee told us tonight that Alabama would get in. Because they elevated Georgia to number one over Ohio State, yep. and if Alabama they keep winning and let's say no one loses the rest of the year, well,
1: well, one of those SEC teams would have to lose. No, I'm talking about before the championship oh, okay. games. So Washington wins
0: out, they're undefeated. They, they play what's their last uh, two games? Is Oregon State and Washington State? Okay. Yep. So let's say they finish. They have uh, they they're unbeaten.
1: Unbeaten. They beat Oregon in the Pac-12. No, no. no. Before the championship games. So,
0: everything stays put. Ohio State, Michigan has to have a loss. Okay. So, one of those teams is out. So, now we're going to have Georgia 1, Ohio State, Michigan winner 2, let's say. Florida State 3, Washington 4, Oregon 5, Texas 6, Alabama 7. Okay. So, everyone just slides up one. Alabama winning against the number one team in the nation is, and it being the last thing that people see, is going to weigh more than Texas beating, let's say, Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game.
1: I agree, but it's not going to weigh enough to to take out the fact that Texas won at Alabama. Uh, And in their building, they beat them handily, even. I
0: understand your argument, AJ, and it's a valid argument. But in college football, a loss in Week 2 does not mean as much as a loss in week 12. I get that. And when you lose in week 2, it can be forgotten especially if you win the SEC and beat Georgia, an undefeated number 1 team, back-to-back championship this team. This isn't the argument though.
1: I'm saying Alabama would get in in this case too. Yeah, Al- I'm saying Alabama's Oregon- gonna get in over Texas. Oregon would not. Mm. What, uh, like, think about what is it? The Pac-12 is going
0: away. The problem with, <laughs> I understand that. And the problem with that is that Oregon, if we assume Washington runs the table, which they would need, mm-hmm. and then Oregon beats Washington, they avenge their only loss. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like calling Oregon an undefeated team because they beat everybody on their schedule and they avenge the loss. It will be the same thing as if Texas beats Oklahoma in the Big Ten, cha- Big 12 championship game. You look at Texas and you say they beat everybody on their schedule. They avenge their loss. Yeah. It means something. When the committee gets together, it means something. And for it, it, the SEC champ is not getting left out of the I believe
1: playoff. that 100%. But I also believe that there is – And you know what? Texas,
0: they're going to the SEC next year. So if they get left out because the Big 12 is perceived to not be as strong as the SEC, well, they could say, hey,
1: that's why we're moving. I'll be honest. The only time where I'm not sure that Alabama gets in is if – if Washington runs the table, mm-hmm. they stay undefeated. They win the Pac-12 championship, and then you're talking about then you're talking about an, a one loss Alabama or a one loss Texas. I, I don't know that they can just say that head to head doesn't matter. I, I really don't know if the committee can get away with it. it and if it were if this if they ha- if, it, if it happened with Texas Tech, it's yeah, one thing. But this is, Texas is too big of a brand. There's too much money attached to this
0: it. This is where it comes down to how you win, not just. If you win, sure. Because if Alabama beats Georgia by a last second field goal and Texas blows out Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game, yes, Texas is in. But if Alabama beats Georgia by three touchdowns, I don't care what the score of the Texas game is. Alabama's getting in. It's how you win that matters.
1: Texas beat Alabama by double digits. Sure. In, week in two, their building, where no one cares. I disagree with that. It- I, I AJ, disagree. disagree with it all you what,
0: want. The college I, football playoff committee will tell you that what's you're Ohio wrong. Ohio State's
1: best win to date. It, I, it's I agree team with that. In week two, and and and
0: it's gonna be forgotten. And it's gonna be about the and the Michigan win, and how you play against Michigan, and whoever. If that game comes, what about this scenario? What if Ohio State Michigan goes into overtime, and it's a triple overtime where it comes down to two point conversions? and both of these teams are are uh, we have one undefeated champ and one one loss team that won on a fluke triple right. overtime you they're, know.
1: they're still out okay they're still out especially if it's Michigan who loses cuz Michigan's schedule is is too weak to uh to and listen the truth is the committee's going to want Michigan out anyway mm-hmm. if they if they can find a way to get Michigan out they're going to get Michigan out like if if Michigan won the big 10 well that's 10, the truth if michigan won the big 10 uh big 10 east and then lost to iowa which mm-hmm. is outrageous to think about but if it happened they would they would they would have no problem leaving out a one loss michigan no problem whatsoever uh and no a one loss iowa wouldn't get in i i I don't think so i this is uh it, it's i mean listen it's chaos and i this i guess this is why people are clamoring for a 12 team playoff uh, but it, Alabama right now, mm-hmm. second strength of schedule. Yeah, that matters. It, yeah, their strength of schedule so high because they played a big non-conference game yeah. that they lost mm-hmm. by double digits at home. I mean, it, strength of schedule matters when all other things are equal. Yeah, okay. in this case, they wouldn't be equal. Like they w- mm-hmm. like we've seen these two teams play against each other. And it's not like you can say, well, Texas had an advantage because they were at home. No, they were on the road at a disadvantage. They won by double digits. I don't think the committee can – I know as much as they'd want to put an SEC team in, I don't think they could do it. I I have to say,
0: though, the committee is looking at Texas, and they're looking at the three-point win over Kansas State and a three-point win over TCU, and they're writing it down. Mm -hmm. They're saying, we don't like this.
1: Uh, I'm sure. Listen – Alabama, remember what they were doing early in the season. They weren't getting a bunch of margin. Again,
0: it's how you, it's not. It's what have you done for me lately? It's the committee is is skewed by what
1: happens most recently. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't but a couple weeks ago that Alabama was all out to beat Arkansas, mm-hmm. who's about to fire their coach because they're a total mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you also have to remember, I think in in the case of Texas, but a
0: double digit win against Tennessee, a blowout win against LSU, like these. These add up, yeah. And yeah. if they and if they beat Georgia convincingly,
1: they're not being left out. And the other thing to think about is they beat Kansas State, who I think is a pretty well respected program. They beat them by three, yes, but they beat them with their backup quarterback by three. Like Texas had their backup quarterback playing, and they still won that game. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm sure. Listen, the last couple of weeks are going to matter too, which makes it all the more interesting. I want to ask you. Your I can make the argument that Florida State doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs. I think you can absolutely make that argument. Like I don't
0: care if they go undefeated. It's like Bo- it's like Boise State going undefeated. Yeah, I, I, it's Cincinnati going undefeated. You can make that argument.
1: Like the ACC sucks. But I, I don't think in, I don't think it's going to work out. I, I, th- I mean, I think they're going to get in regardless whether they deserve it or not. I, do I think Florida State's one of the four best teams? No, but do I think that matters? No, it's, it's not going to matter. Uh, as far as the Heisman goes. I'm curious your thoughts right now, and I got into a little bit of a um, Twitter discussion today. Uh, it, it, people did not like it, but it, I'm a believer that this is a – I'm not going to say it's a, a done deal, but I think there's some of these guys that are available at, at odds that just don't have a chance. So the the most recent odds that came out, Bo Nix minus 110 – Jaden Daniels and Michael Penix both plus three fifty, Marvin Harrison plus six hundred, Carson Beck thirty to one, Jalen Milrow fifty to one, Jordan Travis sixty to one, JJ McCarthy hundred to one. I think we can throw JJ McCarthy out. Michigan won last week. He he didn't throw the football like mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't need JJ McCarthy to win. I think you can throw you can throw Carson Beck out at thirty to one. Yep. Stetson Bennett quarterback two Georgia teams that were better than this, and he never got a sniff at the Heisman. They're not going to give it to Carson Beck when this team is not as good as the last two seasons. I think you could throw Marvin Harrison out at at plus 600. Marvin Harrison is part of a, a, like, what do we say about Ohio State? I I don't know if their offense is any good. Is he the best player on their offense? Yes. Is their offense good? No. This is where it got unpopular. I think you can throw out Jaden Daniels. I don't think – I'm hearing a lot of talk of people who want Jaden Daniels to win the Heisman and will say, well, look at the stats. He's the best player in the country. You can make that argument. Mm-hmm. I don't think the voters will vote uh, – they, they won't give enough votes to Jaden Daniels to let him win the Heisman. Uh, he The three best teams that he played on his schedule, he lost all three games. And you can say, well, he doesn't play defense, and you're right, he doesn't. But it's hard to have a Heisman moment – when every good team you play against beats you and b- people were saying, well, look at the the look what he did to Florida. Set a record for mm-hmm. uh, no one's thrown for this many yards and, and uh, run for this many yards in the same game. Florida's not even going to a bowl game It like <laughs> they're going to be five and seven. And so I know to LSU fan, Florida is a big game, but that wasn't a big game this year. Like it wasn't a game that everybody was like tuned in, oh, I got to see this one this week. I got to go watch this game. The, the games where that was happening, LSU-Florida State, everybody watched that game. Jordan Travis outplayed Jaden Daniels. And you could say it was well, LSU's defense stunk. They did. You're right. And when you look at their stats, they look pretty similar. But 75 of those passing yards for Jaden Daniels came on the last play of the game mm-hmm. when they were down 28 points, and it made the score look less embarrassing than it was. And then, the, and then the LSU-Alabama game where, and I'm not saying this is fair, he got knocked out of the game, so he was in the medical tent for the last two drives where LSU could have had a chance to come back and win that game. Yep, He wasn't on the field. I don't think, even though he's got the best stats in the country, he might be the best player in the country, I don't think they're giving him that trophy. I, I, to me, it's down to Bo Nix and Michael Penix. The winner of that Pac-12 championship game is going to have a leg up The one guy that I will not remove from the conversation yet is Jalen Milrow. Jalen Milrow – and I'm not saying he's got as good a chance as those other two guys. He doesn't. But at 50-1, to I can picture a world where he plays as well as he has the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. He put up 10 touchdowns the last two weeks. Sure. If he plays that well the next two weeks and then he goes and beats Georgia, Jalen Milrow is absolutely capable of winning the highs. People say, well, he got benched. Uh, He did. And that was the worst game Alabama played all year. <laughs> I, I think it, the the committee will look back and go, "Yeah, yeah that was a mistake." He's clearly uh, he's clearly a big time player. I, I it's a long shot. It is fifty to one, but I don't think it's a crazy number. What are your thoughts on those guys? Who do you think has a chance to win it? It's
0: Bonex is going to win the Heisman Trophy. End of story. Oh, that's it. End of story. And it, and you're talking to a guy that has a Michael Penick sixteen to one ticket in his pocket that is going to be ripped up in a couple of weeks.
1: I wish I could have sold that thing. Are, are you uh, well, like you say that assuming that Oregon is going to beat Washington? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's what you have to acknowledge
0: about Bonex. First off, let's, I guess you don't
1: have to hedge your bet uh, on the uh, like you can just bet Oregon and I guess know that Oregon. Yeah. yeah. Here,
0: here's here's what you have to understand. The Heisman <laughs> Trophy is one a popularity contest. Mm-hmm. Two a numbers based equation. The popularity contest. No one's more popular than Bonex across the country. Oregon spent. Millions of dollars on a Heisman campaign before the season even started. He's had billboards in Times Square. He's had ads taking out in, in the papers. You go to ESPN.com, the banner pops up on the screen that says Bodacious. Like, the Heisman campaign has been underway all season. There is not a Heisman campaign for Jaden Daniels. I haven't seen any billboards. I don't see any commercials. I don't see nothing. Okay? Nothing is even for Michael Penix. Oregon has put the marketing dollars behind Bo Nix so that every sports writer and radio host and TV host that has a vote that lives on the East Coast and might not watch a lot of Pac-12 football, they all know who Bo Nix is. Secondly, right now Bo Nix has a completion percentage of 77.7%. It's crazy. Not only is that the highest in college football, it would go down as the single-season all-time record for highest completion percentage. Mac Jones, 77.4, had the record for highest completion percentage. Bo Nix, and and we're talking about, it's not like, oh, well, J.J. McCarthy's at 76.2%. Bo Nix has had over 100 more pass attempts than J.J. McCarthy, and he is at 77.7%. The interception numbers. He's only turned the ball over twice, A.J., 29 touchdowns to two interceptions. The guy's thrown for over 3,000 yards, 332 pass attempts, and he only has two interceptions. Yeah. The numbers point to Bo Nix. The marketing points to Bo Nix. And the play on the field points to Bo Nix. He's winning the Heisman Trophy.
1: All right. Uh, I, I mean, I think he's he's certainly the favorite for a reason. Uh, I, I'm not sure that I'm willing to say it's like it's it's a done deal. It's over. Well, but... if they
0: lose to Washington, and he throws four interceptions. He's going to lose it. But if they win out and they're a one loss Pac-12 champ, he's winning
1: the he, he's winning the trophy. I will say I, I think that, and there are people who are saying, and I, I believe you've got to have that Heisman moment at some point. I, I think Bo Nix Heisman moment. Like his game against USC was absurd. Yeah, but everybody's going to do that to USC. The thing that he did that most impressed me was he went into Utah and won in a place where no one's mm-hmm. won no one has won in front of a Utah home crowd since twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. And he went and beat him 35 to six. Yeah,
0: threw for two touchdowns, ran for another. But look at what he did against Washington yeah. in that loss where Dan Lanning cost the team the loss with his coaching decisions. He threw for three hundred and thirty seven yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. He outplayed Michael Penix in that game. That's Heisman moment number one. And he's going to have Heisman moment number two g- coming up in a couple of weeks.
1: Well, it will be interesting to see how it plays out down the stretch. Uh, everybody, boy, I can. I'll tell you this: if Twitter's any indication, people are very, very passionate uh, in their opinions on this. So again, I don't, I don't have a vote. I don't care. Particularly about any of these players to mm-hmm. an extent that like I'm cheering for one of them to win, I really don't care. Well, it would be nice I, if Michael Penix wins. I can let you off the hook for that barbecue dinner. <laughs> for you, <laughs> you, you have a vested interest. Uh, I I do not, so I, I don't. I mean, I, again, if I had a ballot today, it it would be Bo, Well, you know what? I I won't say it would be Bo Nix number one. It to me right now, it would be Michael Penix number one. Mm-hmm. Bowenix two, Daniels three, Milrow four, Travis five. But again, I, I think Penix is going to lose a game, if not two, before votes get turned mm-hmm. in, and I think it all changes. All right, let's get into this week's game five and two week in our contest. We've been waiting for a week like that. That's uh, our goal for the rest of the season. We need to string them together every week five and two. So uh, let's start. Uh, let's start looking at these games. Let's look at the first game on the board: Michigan. Minus 19 at Maryland total of 50 and a half. How worried are you about
0: this being the ultimate look ha- look ahead spot? Michigan, it, it, it's, it's like the sandwich spot, right? It's the letdown and the look ahead. And I'm not saying letdown because like they beat up they beat a big time opponent last weekend. In, I mean, I guess they did Penn State big time opponent, but like think about the emotions of last week. This is what I'm talking about every player tweeting out bet the whole mentality of you're going to suspend our head coach. We're going to show you it's us against the world and they go out there and they win the football game. And now you got to travel to Maryland before you get amped up again to play against Ohio state in a college football playoff semifinal game or quarterfinal game to get into the, to get into the semifinals. I think that this is a huge sandwich spot and i'd be looking towards
1: maryland plus the points we have seen this before 2021 uh michigan was sitting at eight and one at that time they lost to michigan state that year they went to happy valley they beat penn state Mm -hmm. they were on deck against uh ohio state and in the middle they had a road game at maryland and they won that game 59 to 18 then they went on to beat Ohio State, went on to beat Iowa, uh, and lost to Georgia in the, uh, the the semifinals of the college football playoff. It is certainly a look ahead spot, but it, what Michigan did last week was they just proved they don't need they don't need to run or they don't need to throw the ball to win. They're going to go run heavy again, is my guess. And Maryland's front Maryland's front can't stop them. I, I don't know how they're going to stop them, mm-hmm. Maryland is coming off a win at Nebraska that they probably didn't deserve. They got four turnovers. They should have lost to Nebraska. I really think this – like the the whole bet thing, yeah, it, it's just pissed Michigan off. And it's just going to continue for it, the rest of the season? I think they're locked in. Yeah. And – Could very well be. I, I just think they dominate the trenches on both sides. I, I, I'm i with you. The, the spot is enough for me to probably stay away. Mm-hmm. But – Everything points to Michigan just having their way with this Maryland team. Like from a personnel standpoint, Maryland can't do anything to slow them down. Yeah, they're so
0: good. I, I I looked at a bunch of PFF stats and the number one rated overall team, uh, graded overall team in PFF at a ninety six point four. Um, you just look at them. That's that's overall. Offensively, they they rank number fourth. Defensively, they're obviously number one in, in the nation. It just they're a powerhouse. They really are a powerhouse. And we thought about, well, you know, does this Jim Harbaugh thing weigh on them? Obviously, last week it didn't. And you saw the emotions from the coaches after the game, after the win. And maybe that, maybe the players feed off of that.
1: Something to consider. Uh, like, we were all making fun of Penn State's offensive output uh, last they week. fired their offensive coordinator. Fired the offensive coordinator. But guess what just happened? That was the 15 points. That's the most anyone's put up on Michigan all year. Mm-hmm. So they put up a season high points on Michigan and the OC got fired. So I I don't, again, I, I, I like Maryland generally. Um, I do think Maryland is probably one of those teams that is pretty happy because that week, that win last week against corn got them bowl eligible. And, you know, for, for a program like Maryland right now, that's a good thing. That's a, that's a winning season. You know, we're, we're in good shape. Uh, I, I worry that they're gonna let off the gas a little bit and this Michigan team just doesn't want to do it. All right, let's look at UL Monroe plus thirty-seven at Ole Miss, total of sixty-one and a half. Ole Miss is coming off an embarrassing showing really against yeah. Georgia. Um, I expect they're gonna want to bounce back, but with the exception of an FCS win in week one, Ole Miss hasn't covered this kind of number all season. Um Coming off the Georgia game, 9 a.m. start, a Thursday game the next week at Mississippi State. Remember, they play on Thanksgiving, uh, a road game against Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl. I think Ole Miss just wants to get in, get out as quickly as they can. Even over this Corpse Monroe team, there isn't much reason for Ole Miss to run up the score here. I, I lean to Monroe plus 37. I also lean under sixty one and a half. What do you think?
0: I under is an interesting way to look at it because normally you'd look at Ole Miss and you'd say, all right, well, they're an over team, right? Sure. And and you're thinking that they're just going to put up as many points as possible. But the schedule thing, you mentioned it, right? They play the Egg Bowl coming up on, you know, the 23rd, so it's a week away. And you look at their standings, they are certainly playing to be the third best record in the SEC and get themselves a New Year's Six Bowl game. So they're not going to go to the SEC championship game, but... Stacking up wins is going to be important for them to get the bowl game that they so desire. It doesn't mean anything for this week against UL Monroe. They're going to win this game. It means something at Mississippi State, who all fired their head coach. Yeah. Right?
1: His first season on the job, by yep. the way.
0: Well, he was the interim. He took Remember, he took over yeah. when Mike Leach unfortunately passed away. Um, I think that there's a lot of focus on that game and not avoiding, you know, I think Lane Kiffin's going to stress don't avoid a, a letdown here, but you all, Monroe, they're not going to be able to compete with Ole Miss. Ole Miss at home is going to put up a big number. Whether I worry about in this game, I would lean maybe Ole Miss first half, and then they call off the dogs in the second half, but I think the under is a strong play.
1: All right, let's look at You and I are going to have a good discussion on this game. Rutgers plus 20 and a half. Mm-hmm. At Penn State, the total in this game is 41 and a half. Uh, I know you have some strong stats on this, so I'm going to let you take the lead. And then I'm going to tell you where I'll be placing my money. Actually, where I've already placed my money in this one.
0: All right. So we have, a, we have a total of 41. And we're catching 20 and a half. Yeah. I mean, right away, it tells you to take the points with a total that low. Um but let me give you some numbers here. First of all, let me tell you the situation. It's the ultimate dream crusher for Penn State. They had a chance to win that game and go to the Big Ten Championship game. Because if they finished in a potential three-way tie, because of their strength of uh, victory with their West opponents, thank you know Iowa, as good as they've been, right? Penn State wins the three-way tiebreaker. So Penn State would have gone to the Big Ten Championship with a chance to be a one-loss Big Ten champ. Like, it... it Everything was in front of Penn State, but they lost. Now what are they playing for? They fired their offensive coordinator. James Franklin is catching a lot of heat for his coaching decisions and his inability to win against top-ranked teams. And then you look at these numbers. Overall, as a head coach, James Franklin is one of the worst in college football after a loss. 18-28-1 18 28 and 1 after a loss ATS at Penn State they are 9 22 and 2 ATS after a loss a margin of negative 5.3 points against the spread if you bet against Penn State every time they lose you bet on you bet against them the next game you are hitting it over 66% now when they're a double digit favorite in that next game, two and nine ATS. If you've bet, if you've taken the points when James Franklin and Penn State are coming off of a loss and they are laying double figures, you are covering at eighty one percent, nine and two ATS. Rutgers is the only way I look in this game.
1: I I don't hate the analysis there. Um The problem for me is since Rutgers has come into the Big Ten, they have been Mm non-competitive with Penn State. They have played nine games. Penn State is 9-0. and This is what jumped out to me the most, though. Do you know what the most points Rutgers has scored against Penn State since they've been in the Big Ten is? 10. 10, 0, 7, 6, 7, 6. Zero, three, ten. That's it. Mm-hmm. They haven't scored 50 points in the nine games that they've played against Penn State in the Big Ten. I played Rutgers under 10 and a half on the team total. I think we can both win, is my point. Yep. I I, I don't think that Penn, I mean, I think Penn State's offense just sucks. Drew Larr is not good. Um and I, I I just don't know where Rutgers. I mean, we saw this Rutgers team last week. They mm-hmm. they couldn't do anything against Iowa. Like it, it it never felt like, well maybe maybe no, like they just once a touchdown got scored, it was like this is over. Like they they're dead. Cuz it just never felt like their defense was going to do anything. And I I don't, I mean, I think I think Penn State's defense is right there with Iowa's. I think mm-hmm. they're pretty similar. So, uh I played the under 10 and a half on this thing. Um
0: You also have to acknowledge that this is a, a personal game for Greg Schiano. With all his Penn State ties, it means a lot for him.
1: But to, it's meant a lot it's meant a lot every year and yeah. he just
0: keeps getting his ass kicked. Yeah. But that but how many times did the situation call to fade Penn State? This season, there have only been 13 occasions with a game total of under 42. And a double digit spread. And it's uh, six, six and one ATS. Um, The favorites are obviously 11 and two in those games, seven and six to the over in those games. Now, if we bump this thing up to, let's say, higher than 15, uh, three and two ATS, there's never been a game over 20. It's never, it was the first one this season. But if we look at history, let's just say, so this year there hasn't been any. Rutgers will be the first. Let's go, I don't know, last, you wanna go since 2020, since the COVID year?
1: I say go after the code. Like 20 and 21 is the best, yeah.
0: Okay. So we'll do uh let's see. We'll do 2021 and it is 5 and 0 ATS. So okay. that's oh, so that's interesting. So the favorites are actually covering 5 and 0. Really? Yeah, so you have uh Syracuse six yeah, six uh average margin here is 7.4 and the over under is 4 and 1 to the over.
1: This is. I'll tell you the other data point that scares me away from wanting to to back Rutgers here. Penn State played Iowa early this season, Mm -hmm. and they beat them thirty-one to nothing.
0: So they put up thirty-one on Iowa's defense. They'll probably put up thirty-one on Rutgers. That's
1: what I'm saying. And 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 like we said, Rutgers doesn't score more than ten.
0: I'm I'm just curious. I'm just curious. The new offensive coordinator and maybe. You know, the play calling's different. Maybe there's a lot of – maybe there's some anxious moments. Maybe the players are not going to respond to the coaching change. I just think there's a lot going on here with this Penn State team that I want to avoid. I,
1: I could see that. My guess is James Franklin uh, takes over play calling duties mm-hmm. uh, it would be my assumption. I, I don't know that for certain.
0: These numbers are just staggering, um, though. I mean, we're talking nine twenty two and 2 ATS after a loss.
1: That's pretty terrible. Yeah. It's enough to keep – like. Like I said, my initial thought was I, I I'm going to back Penn State here just because of that Iowa data point, and I know Rutgers, I mean Rutgers just doesn't compete with these guys. That stuff's enough to keep me off of it. Uh, I am going I mean I've already made the bet on the under ten and a half, and I, honestly I like it even more. Like it, mm-hmm. that we go over all this it, because if, if if Rutgers has any chance to cover this game, like it it needs to be a a, a twenty to ten type of game. Yeah. Because they're they're not they're not gonna score twenty-four points. It's just not gonna happen. Uh all right, let's look at a more closely lined matchup here. Louisville minus one at Miami, total of forty five. Man, it's hard to want to back Miami here. They kind of gave mm-hmm. an all in effort last week to knock off Florida State and came up short. And now they have to they're going back to Van Dyke at quarterback after they benched him. Yep. Uh, they face this Louisville team that's playing really well on both sides and have a chance to lock in a trip to the ACC title game with a win here. If Miami doesn't beat Virginia in overtime, they'd be sitting here having lost five of six. They're just not very good. And you can you can trace it all back to the game against Georgia Tech where they had an inexcusable loss, like, mm-hmm. like a, a game that they had no business losing. They lost that, and it, it, things unraveled. I think this team's packed it in. I, I, I think Louisville has a chance to do something big here this season, so I, I, I like Louisville, I think, here. Why is this spread only one? It's a great question. I, I mean, I think it's what we saw last week, though. Miami played so tough against Florida State that people are like, okay, they're not quitting. But I think when you play like that and then you lose. Of course, I agree with you. It, it's crippling.
0: Listen, I agree 100%. Like to, to me, it doesn't make sense. I mean, Williams is out so that Van Dyke's back in. I, I, I just I don't know why this spread. That's the
1: only thing that's keeping me off this game. I mean, listen, my power rating in this game is Louisville won on a neutral. So I mean, not Miami doesn't have any home field edge. People mm-hmm. don't show up for their games, but these teams are pretty close, and they've just been going in opposite directions. It took it for me. It's taken a while to catch up to Louisville, yeah. and to drop Miami down from where they were. But I, I've got these teams pretty close. Um i just think right now with motivation it's got it's got to be Louisville you know it's interesting s and p plus
0: rankings has um actually miami as a projected uh projected play on this
1: well, there you go yep uh, you you have a, a take on
0: it no i I'm, i i i my gut would tell me Louisville, but i'm scared off by the line and now that i'm looking at the uh the S P plus rankings that say miami is the play i mean to me i i stay away from this game completely.
1: Oklahoma minus 24 at BYU total of 57 and a half. I think I'm going to head right back to the well fading this BYU team without Slovis. Uh, This Retzlaff guy is is terrible, takes too many sacks. Uh, He's way too many turnover worthy plays. And Oklahoma kind of got back on track last week. They blew out West yep. Virginia uh, in a game where I thought West Virginia was going to compete with them. They didn't. That was one of our two losses on the contest, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, BYU's last five games, these are the points they've scored. 13, 7, 6, 11, and 27. And in that game that they scored 27 points, they won the turnover battle 5-0. to Iowa State... It, they they put up 45 on them. That's 11 more points than Iowa State's season high. Uh, OU has not been eliminated from Big 12 contention yet. Nope. I think we get a full effort from them, and I think this BYU team is dead, dead, dead. I, I think OU blows them out.
0: I would agree. I th- I don't know how BYU scores. I think Oklahoma's defense is going to create a lot of negative plays, possibly turnovers, certainly sacks and tackles for loss, which Oklahoma is great at this year. And BYU, as you mentioned, has been bad at preventing them. I like Oklahoma's team total over here. I think they put up at least 40-something points. And BYU, I don't know how they get over 20. So I would lay the points here with Oklahoma. All
1: right, let's look at Tulane minus 9.5 at Florida Atlantic. We were right on the money last week. So There's no reason why Tulane should have been that oh, big of a I mean, favorite. it was crazy. And they uh, were at home. Tulsa could have won that game. Yeah. I mean, to me, it, I'm, I'm right back to it here. Uh, <laughs> things sort of fell apart for Florida Atlantic when Casey Thompson got hurt, but they've lost two straight games against bad competition, mm-hmm. UAB and East Carolina. But Tulane's just not getting margin on anyone. They've won their last four games by a total of 14 points. They are minus 12 points per game against a number in those four games. Mm-hmm. Like, including a two point win last week as 25 point favorites. 25 point favorites. They won by two. Now they have look ahead to UTSA on a short week. That game's next Friday on Black Friday. And if Tulane loses that UTSA game, they likely don't even make the AAC championship game. Yeah. Because SMU ha- doesn't have to play either one of those teams. SMU's likely in there are uh, there's three undefeated teams in the AAC right now, and two of them have to play each other next week. Of course, Tulane's going to have a look ahead. That's like a it's almost like an AAC semifinal game. Mm-hmm. uh I think Florida Atlantic's going to play hard. They still got an outside shot at bowl eligibility. I think they can keep this close i I, I, I lean towards
0: Florida Atlantic plus nine and a half. You mentioned uh, Tulane' struggles against the spread three and seven this year, a minus five point3 differential ATS margin. They're not covering. They're not covering. And this is a look-ahead spot. Uh, I don't like Tulane laying points. I'd like to get a 10 here. I don't think it matters. Uh, but Tulane is not a play for me laying
1: nine points on the road. I don't think so either. All right, one of the more interesting games on the board, I think, this week. Utah plus one at Arizona. Total of forty-four and a half. and a half. And I don't want to say Arizona lucked into a win last week. But they didn't look the way they'd looked the no, last no, several no. weeks. Yeah. Uh, it could be just a matter of it was a letdown spot, or it could be they're running out of steam and, and returning to the level that we thought they'd be at this season. We, we've kind of forgotten that this team lost to Mississippi State and they almost lost to Stanford, but those things happened. And I know like we're all in love with the the four-game run that Arizona had. I I fell victim to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Utah, had they gave really good effort last week at Washington, came up short the Utes haven't lost to Arizona since 2015. Arizona has only covered once in the last six games. Utah is on a pretty good win streak here. Like, I'll, I'll probably wait to see how the market shapes this one. I lean to Arizona because I, I really do think they're a different team with Fafita, and I think Utah away from home is just going to struggle to put up points. But I, I don't I don't know that I've got a, a firm feeling on this one. So here's the crazy
0: outside story here. Arizona can get to the Pac-12 championship game. Arizona's 5-2 and two in the Pac-12. Yeah. Now here's what needs to happen. If they win out by beating Utah and Arizona State, they finish with a two-loss record in the conference. Okay. If Oregon State beats Washington but loses to Oregon, or Oregon State beats Oregon, and they... Oregon winds up being a two loss team, Arizona state beat Oregon state
1: this year. Yeah. Yeah. Arizona did.
0: I'm saying Arizona beat Oregon state this year. So Arizona has the tiebreaker over Oregon state. If Oregon state finishes with two losses and Oregon finishes with two losses and Arizona finishes with two losses, Arizona can get to the PAC 12 championship game. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. There's a path.
0: Like they, there's, there is a path. Uh, I, I think that that's going to keep this team playing to, like, the top of their level. Like, it's going to keep them motivated. Um, I think that Utah is, we talk about Dream Crusher scenario all the time here, not much to play for. Um, they're going to go to a bowl game. This is this kind of been like a season to forget you know you expected to have your quarterback Cameron Rising and you didn't have him you went about it with a couple of different ways you put together some nice games right yeah nice win against UCLA the fact nice this win team against is, USC
1: the fact this team is ranked like says yeah. a lot because they they shouldn't be even as competitive as they are with, you know without
0: and and, and at the end of the season if i said 8 and 4 they'd say you know what with everything we dealt with this year we'll take that tremendous season i think Arizona gets this win at home all right
1: uh, let's go to the SEC where it just means more. Georgia minus 10 at Tennessee, 58 and a half is the total here. And Georgia, I'd argue they're coming off their best win of the season, most impressive win of the season. They absolutely thrashed Ole Miss 52-17 just a week after they beat Missouri. Meanwhile, Tennessee was in a really prime spot. They were, they'd come off their SEC bye against UConn. And Mizzou had just played Georgia, and Tennessee got the worst beatdown they've gotten all season. Mm -hmm. Georgia has dominated this matchup. They've won six straight in this matchup, 11 of the last 13. In the last six years, the closest game in this series has been 14 points. You can't really run on Georgia, so you're saying Milton has to go beat you with his arm Something I don't, I, I'm not gonna back certainly. Uh, it's Georgia or nothing for me here. What do you see?
0: Yeah, I'm on Georgia. I, Tennessee to me is uh too undisciplined. You know, you want to talk about how they play at home, and it's like, oh, the crowd's gonna be you know in their favor. They rank 130th in penalties at home, <laughs> like that. they that's like it's it's not it's nine per game. For an average of seventy-eight point two yards. That's crazy. If you're giving the opponent eighty yards every game, you're not going to win many games. So to me, it comes down to them being undisciplined. Uh, I understand that you know th- they they put up a ton of yardage, but th- the loss last week is just too much to to overlook. That was a prime spot as you mentioned, and they laid an absolute egg against Missouri. I think Georgia has to prove a point here looking at the way that Alabama beat Tennessee 34-20. to And they have to not just match that. They have to do better than that. So I think that Georgia puts up a big number here.
2: Hey, it's RJ Bell for Rocket Money. Listen, you know there's no locks. You know that for sure. But almost a lock is each and every one of you has things you're paying for each and every month that you don't use or aren't worth how much you're paying for them. There's a better alternative. And we have Scott Seidenberg with us to tell about one of his discoveries with Rocket Money. Yeah, it discovered that I was still paying for an old editing software that I hadn't used in months. Let's be honest. It was years. And listen, be honest with yourself. Think of the things you've bought. Think about the times you've had a free trial and all of a sudden it auto-billed in and it's been auto-billing. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash RJ. That's rocketmoney.com slash RJ, rocketmoney.com slash RJ. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. This is RJ Bell, and I got to tell you, this is one I feel very seriously about. You know, I'm of an interesting age in that I can remember before computers were prominent, before the Internet. And I remember my whole career has been built with the Internet. I've seen the age and time when if you had issues, when you had something you wanted to talk to a professional about, there was apprehension. And one of the things that I think we've evolved as a society in such a wonderful way is we all understand help is a good thing. And that's where better help comes in. All of your interactions with your therapist entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RJ to get 10% off your first month. Do it today. That's BetterHelp.com slash RJ. All
1: right, Wake Forest plus 24.5 at Notre Dame. 46.5 is the total. Wake was right there with Missouri as my worst call of the season as far as win totals go, though. Uh, wakes rolled over and died. Mm -hmm. And last week they were in an ideal spot to compete against North Carolina state and they got lit up and wake has now lost six of their last seven. They've only been competitive in a couple of those games. Notre Dame is coming off their third loss of the season, an eight point loss to Clemson that to be fair, never felt as close as the final score says it was, but this feels like a game that Sam Hartman is going to be up for sure. Notre Dame's looked so much better at home than they have on the road. This, sh- this should be a spot that they can get some margin. I, I I'll be honest. I don't like laying a big number with Notre Dame. I don't think I'll end up playing this, but if I had to pick a side, like if we had to play it in the contest or something, it'd beat Notre Dame for me. I, I it's, they're not a team I want to, I want to lay big numbers with, but this wake team is just dead.
0: I like Notre Dame here. Uh, you mentioned Wake Forest being dead, but I like Notre Dame a lot. It's Senior Day in South Bend. Team is still ranked 19th in the country. You mentioned Sam Hartman, you know, playing against his former school, so obviously he's going to be up for this game. And I think right now it's like uh, it's 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 an emotional game for Notre Dame. I think the crowd will be in it. I think that there's going to be a lot going on for Notre Dame backers this weekend. It might just be a big party there in South Bend. I just don't see Wake Forest putting up numbers against the Notre Dame defense that's been so great this, you know, at times this year. But to me, it's all about Sam Hartman. I think he's going to have a big game. I know he hasn't put up like the numbers that you expected him to put up this season, but this would be a game that I would look for like over passing yards, over passing touchdowns for Sam Hartman.
1: We're going to shift Illinois Iowa to the best bets portion of the pod at the very end. Uh, let's look at North Carolina plus six and a half at Clemson. Total is fifty eight and a half, and Clemson's home. Now, for the third straight game, mm-hmm. they dominated the Tar Heels in the ACC championship last year, uh, that game 39-10. to 10. But, boy, I, I'll be honest, the Tar Heels are one of the tougher teams to read in the in the country. Clemson's right there with them. North Carolina's covered four straight as a road dog. They won three of those games outright. I don't totally understand how clemson's winning games their offense is just terrible i'll they, tell you how in a second they, they or... can't score touchdowns but they, but they're catching this unc team that's on this terrible run they lost to virginia and georgia tech back to back then they beat an fcs team and then almost lost to duke without riley leonard they gave up 47 points to duke without riley leonard how uh this is it's a matchup of like a, a good offense with a really bad defense Against a good defense with a really bad offense. Mm-hmm. And I just don't have a great feel for what's going to happen. Um, I get UNC still has an outside shot at the title game, but it's just hard to trust them. It's a, this is a total pass for me. Probably, probably like but the game that I've got the least confidence in on the whole board. Sure. I'll
0: just say this about Clemson. According to PFF, they are the number two graded defense in college football. Right behind Michigan.
1: That sounds about right.
0: Michigan number one, Clemson number two. But what they do better than anybody else in the country? Rush defense. They're the number one graded rush defense in college football. What does North Carolina do? Pass the ball. Yeah, so they don't really run it. <laughs> they do run it though. Hampton's had a really nice season though. He's rushed for like twelve hundred yards. Uh, I I would lean Clemson here at home. I think that Dabo has you know put together. Uh, a salvageable season. The win over Notre Dame was impressive. Following it up without a letdown against Georgia Tech was equally impressive. And I think that if Club Nick stays mistake-free and doesn't turn over the football, I think Clemson wins this
1: game. Oregon minus 23 Oregon. at it's Arizona not- State. <laughs> Total of 54.5. It's a weird sandwich game for Oregon. Yeah. Uh, USC game last week. Oregon State on deck. Of course, some of that's going to be mitigated, I think, by Arizona State. Knocking off UCLA as two touchdown dogs, Mm -hmm. like beating them outright. So I don't think Oregon can, like, overlook them. But Arizona State's playing better defensively. They're still awful on offense. Meanwhile, Oregon's not been as explosive offensively the last couple weeks. They're relying on that defense. And they only scored 36 points against USC last week, which 36 is normally a good number. But the the projected score of this game is 39 to 16 if you use the spread. Mm Mm-hmm. Arizona State's defense is way better than USC's, and Arizona State's offense is way worse. I, I, I don't know how. I don't think Arizona State's going to put up 16 points, but I, I think Oregon is going to leave some in the tank. They're on a short week against Oregon State next week, so rather than pick a side, I just like the under in this game. I'll, I'll play under 54 and a half.
0: Okay, uh, Oregon's. Uh, I, th- I think they start fast. Seven two and one this year against the spread. Plus eight point seven margin uh for them this year so they've been getting the job done when they need to you mentioned the sandwich the, the spot there you know with the win over usc and now looking ahead to the oregon state game which is obviously their biggest game uh can't call it the civil war anymore though
1: or we're, um, well we're out on that
0: yeah we're out on that okay uh but i will say that i still think oregon is going to the college World playoff i think they went out i think bo Nix wins the heisman he put continues to put up big numbers the only reason i would say don't look at an under it's just because they're trying to get Bo Nix the Heisman Trophy. They're going to run up the score. He's going to throw for touchdowns. So I would be weary of saying, you know, like Oregon might take their foot off the gas at the end. I don't think they do it when they have a quarterback that they're pushing to win the Heisman.
1: I, but do you? what's more important to them? Like Because those things...
0: I understand, but in a game where there's no doubt Right, they're, they they won the game. already. I think they're going to have
1: some fun. At but the they end. have a short week yep. against Oregon State, which is a very tough team mm-hmm. to prepare for. But I could
0: see him throwing for an extra touchdown in the third quarter, and then not playing late in the fourth quarter. You know.
1: And this is also the kind of game that Heisman voters don't care about. Like, no. like so, if, if he puts up big numbers against Arizona State, they're going to say, "Well, you're supposed to do that." You put big numbers against Cal, yeah, you're supposed well, to you do that. don't
0: put up big numbers against Arizona State, they right.
1: say, what happened? No, no doubt. Uh, all right, let's look at Oklahoma State, minus 7 at Houston. I don't want to bet on Houston games anymore. They are the most feast or famine offense. And last week, I mean, their defense was just dreadful last week. They let Cincinnati run for over 200 yards on them. For Oklahoma State, Ollie Gordon had his worst game of the season. Mm-hmm. They were never really able to get out of the gates Oklahoma State still has a path to the Big 12 title game. They've just got Houston and BYU to finish things out. Houston has to win to get bowl eligible, but there isn't a lot of lot that points to them doing it. I, I, I mean, they're four and six. I, their only conference wins are a Hail Mary win against West Virginia and an overtime win where they went for two after Baylor kicked an extra point and they won by one. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I think we get a bounce back effort from Okie State here. I, I lean to them. I just don't I, I don't know what Houston team is going to show up any given week. So I, I I don't know that I'll be involved in this, but I, I, I lean to the pokes.
0: I, I was going to look towards Oklahoma State in this game, but last week's performance is just too disgusting. I mean, they were bad.
1: They they were never even in that game.
0: I, I I just can't lay seven on the road with a team that disappointed as much as they did last week. I mean, they, I
1: they were in the driver's seat. They were in control of their destiny yeah. to win, yep. to be in the Big 12. All you had to do was beat Central Florida, Houston, and BYU. Three teams that are, like, in the bottom five of the Big 12 standings. And not only do you not win that game, you get absolutely hammered. Not just that, they got run all over. Yeah. Like,
0: Plumlee rushed for 75 yards. Uh, what's You know, Harvey rushed for over 200 yards. They got run over. Over. I just, I, 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 I'm, I can't lay points on the road with, with this team. I can't. All right, let's look at
1: Kansas State at Kansas. Kansas State laying eight, total of 56 and a half. And this entire game comes down to how much you believe in Jason Bean's availability. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole Ballard is a walk-on, and he looked like a walk-on last week against Texas Tech. If he is the starter, Kansas State blows them out. Uh, we've talked before on this pod about Jason Bean being a very serviceable backup. If he played, I'd make this number seven. So either one of two things, there's just not enough of a downgrade here or it's shading towards being playing either way. If I like, if I had to make a pick today, it would be Kansas state. Kansas state's not, lo- they haven't lost to Kansas since 2008,
0: 14 straight.
1: They've covered in four straight. Mm-hmm. Like they just they dominate this series and Kansas has quarterback questions. It just feels like this is a, a prime spot for K-State to to blow them out. What do you see?
0: Yeah, I like K State a lot. You mentioned 14 straight is really the uh the thing that, that you point to. Uh Kansas State 15th in success rate in the country, twenty-first in EPA per play. Um but K-State's defense has been very good. Fourteenth in in EPA per play. The quarterback thing is the the big difference for me. Um, oh, no, that's Kansas State's defense, excuse me, is 14th in the EPA per play. Kansas's defense is 112th in EPA per play, 124th in EPA per rush allowed. Not good for the, for the Kansas Jayhawks defense. And without being a quarterback, it, it's a no brainer. It's Kansas State winning big.
1: Uh, we're going to save Washington and Oregon State for best bets. Let's go to Florida. Plus 11 and a half at Mizzou. Missouri's been, I, I mentioned earlier, they've been way better than I thought they were. I think probably better than everyone expected them to be. They went out and absolutely housed Tennessee last week in what looked like a bad spot. They competed with Georgia. They were three minutes away from beating LSU. Mm. Like, this is one of the big surprise teams of the year to me. Meanwhile, there's nothing to like about this Florida team. This is... They're desperate to get a win, I guess, because if they don't beat Missouri or Florida State next week, they're they're not going to a bowl game. But that's where they're at right now. They're sitting at five wins, and they're going to be double-digit dogs twice to try and win one. Um, it, their only road win this season came on a last-minute touchdown to beat South Carolina, which is not a very good team. Mizzou's covered the last two games in this series, but the under has hit in six straight games between the two. Hmm. I'm a little nervous to fade a desperate Florida team, but I I think Missouri handles their business here. I lean Mizzou. I lean the under.
0: I'd be weary about that under, AJ, though. Uh, Florida's defense is... Oh, they're bad. They're lending to the over. Uh, They are allowing, what, 44.6 points per game over the last three games. They've played six straight overs. So uh, this is a team that is allowing people to score. Missouri just uh, put up 36 points against Tennessee last week. I I actually like the over. I would be a little I'd be a little concerned and the main reason is because of Florida's defense.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Uh like I said, I am just going off the historicals on that series. Sure. Um but Missouri's defense has been pretty solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they it held Tennessee to seven points. I lean Missouri. Missouri's two and zero oh when they're favorites in in conference
0: play this year. So I would lean Missouri, but it's a big number. But uh, I think that I think both teams could score. So I, I'd just be a little little cautious on the under.
1: Fair enough. Uh, let's look at Texas laying seven and a half at Iowa State total of forty seven and a half. Eight straight unders in this matchup, but the Texas defense has been iffy. In the second half of the season, 24 to Houston, 30 to Kansas State, 26 last week to TCU. Iowa State's coming off a blowout win, but that's over the corpse of BYU. So I'm not sure how much we take away from it. This for the longest time, like the whole time I worked in Austin, this was a one-sided series. It's not that way anymore. Iowa State's covered three straight. Texas hasn't won in Ames since 2017. Texas letting TCU put up 13 points in the last five or six minutes of the game made, made it feel closer than it was. But even in that, like, it just feels like Ewers should have looked better than he did against TCU's defense. There's potential look ahead for Texas. Texas tech is the team that they beat them in overtime last year. Um, I I think I lean to Iowa state here. I don't have a great feel for it though. What do you see? Uh, I would lean the under, um,
0: Iowa State is the twelfth slowest pace of play in college football, and I think going against Texas, that's going to be the, the, the strategy. Yeah, keep gonna, them on the sideline. Keep them on the side. Keep that offense on the sideline under the lights. This is the biggest game of the year for Iowa State, who is actually still in contention to get to the Big yep. Twelve Championship. Game. Almost everybody is, by the yeah. way. <laughs> uh, I think that the goal in this game is to use the crowd to the advantage. Get slow the game down, keep your offense on the field and kind of muddy this game a little bit. So I'd lean towards the under
1: Georgia state plus 31 at LSU total of seventy-one and a half. and Georgia state was a loser for me last week. Uh, I had them. Oh,
0: well, Daniels has a Heisman to win. So I, naturally he's going to put up big
1: numbers. Right? I had them against Appalachian state and they did nothing. They've lost three straight games. Now they've allowed at least 42 points in all three of those games. And they were only able to put up 14 points against an App State defense that allows whatever you want against the run. With the defense playing so poorly, and like you said, LSU trying to make a point here, I I, I could see them putting up some really crooked numbers. Yeah. Normally, I would say I tr- I don't trust LSU's defense to hold them in it. Mm-hmm. But if you comp Georgia State on LSU's schedule, the closest thing to their offense is Army. And Army did nothing yeah. against LSU. Uh, that's the game where LSU's D looked its best. This should be a spot where LSU can put their foot on the gas and just r- run away from them.
0: What do you think about the total 71.5? Again, it, it depends on what you think like, Georgia State can put I, up. Well, I think it's going to be completely one-sided.
1: Do you, uh, do you think Georgia State can give you 10? Yes. Then you probably like the over. I don't think they can give me 20, though. Can they give you 14? Yes. I'd be comfortable with the over, then. I, I, I think LSU puts up 60 here. Okay. I, I I I I mean I'm just telling you, it's been 42, 44, 44. Like, and these are like Appalachian State is not some elite offense. Uh-huh. LSU, they, if they want to, they can put up a big nasty number here. So, again, I, I think it, it all comes down to what does LSU want to do? Um, Maybe in the best that they they you know what are they what are they really playing for at this point? Mm-hmm. They're not playing for. In, for- Daniel's to win
0: Heisman. That's it. Yeah. That seems that like the only,
1: the only goal, which should lead to a lot of points, in my opinion. So, um, I, I would either look at an LSU team total over, or just mm-hmm. look at LSU on the spread. Okay. All right. Uh, it's time to get to best bets. Before we do, tell people how we can save some money at pregame. Uh,
0: caught beaver. <laughs> Well, AJ, if our listeners go to Pregame.com, they could use our promo code for this week, which is BEAVER15, B-E-A-V-E-R, BEAVER15. That'll save you $15 at Pregame.com. Take $15 off anything. You can get a daily best bet or maybe a card for the day or take $15 off a weekender or a seven-day all-access. $15 to spend at Pregame.com using the promo code BEAVER15.
1: Beaver 15.
0: Well, it makes me wonder why that promo code is beavers. Is it because
1: let's start with my first best bet, which is going to be Oregon state Ah, two and a half hosting Washington, the beavers. And I talked a lot about Oregon state this preseason. I said, they are live to win the Pac 12 hasn't gone as well as I'd hoped, but I mean, they're still alive to win the Pac 12, but this matchup is part of why I love them. Oregon state is a team that is going to run the ball down your throat. If you are not able to stop them and Washington, from what we've seen lately, is not able to stop the run. The reason the USC game was close, SC ran for 203 yards on seven and a half yards per carry. Mm. Oregon ran for over five yards per carry. Arizona State ran for four and a half yards per carry. Arizona State. Oregon State has been susceptible to the pass, which obviously concerns you a little against Pennix, but so is Washington. And Oregon State has shown a willingness to have DJU take shots downfield once teams start uh, dropping safeties down into the box. DJ hasn't thrown a pick in five games. They're trusting him more right now. The other advantage for Oregon State in, uh, in this game is their pass rush. Oregon State has the best pass rush in the Pac-12. We haven't seen much of Pennix under pressure. I think that he could have a, a, a tough game Oregon State has a special team's edge here. They're a much cleaner team from a penalty standpoint. There hasn't been an unbeaten Pac-12 champion since 2010 when it was the Pac-10. Washington has been playing with fire all season long. I think this is where they get burned. I, I like Oregon State. Minus two and a half, best bet.
0: All right, my first best bet, and I got two. My first best bet is going to be Iowa, line 165. They're laying three and a half, but rather than the three and a half, I'll take the money line at minus 165. It's senior day at Iowa. A lot is on the line because with the win, the Hawkeyes will secure their spot in the Big Ten championship game. And let's face it, it's it's not pretty the way that Iowa wins these football games, but they're winning. Defensively, they ranked third in the nation. They're, not, they're giving up only 12.3 points per game. Their defense right now is playing better than anybody in the country. They've allowed just one touchdown over the last 16 quarters. They've allowed 3 touchdowns over their last 24 quarters of football. The rushing defense has allowed just one touchdown all season. They're the only team in the country that can say that. Only one rushing touchdown allowed. And as far as this matchup against Illinois, the Hawkeyes have won the last 7 straight games in this series uh, at home, and Illinois has allowed Illinois allowed Indiana to score 45 points last week. And I was actually coming off one of their better offensive games. Dean yeah. Hill, career high, 223 yards against Rutgers, 20 of 31 passing. He did throw an interception at the goal line, probably should have had more points uh last week. I was at home with a lot to play for. Side note, they've won 16 of their last 17 games in November. So this is the perfect recipe for Iowa to win this football game.
1: Iowa, they they were able to get some real margin last week against Mm -hmm. Rutgers, and the 22 points that they scored was the second highest total they've put up in conference play this year. And in that game, they were still 22 total points scored. Yeah. I like under 30 and a half here. Okay. Uh, Altmaier missed the game last week for Illinois. All they did was put up the second most passing yards of anyone in a game this season. Mm. Uh, I mean – I don't know where that came from, but John Paddock, uh, 507 yards of passing for John Paddock. Only Shador Sanders has done more in a game. That said, it was against Indiana, and Indiana is one of the worst pass defenses in the country. Iowa, arguably the best secondary in the country. They are third in coverage per PFF. That's not it, though. They also allow the least rushing explosiveness on the ground in the whole country. Mm -hmm. So how do you score? My guess is that Illinois just doesn't score. But Last week was an exception, not the rule for Illinois, Iowa. It was business as usual. Um, they win games with defense and special teams. I think they do it again here, so I, I like your best. I like your bet, uh, but I also like the under thirty and a half in this game. For my second best bet, I'm going to go to the SEC and I'm going to go with Kentucky minus one and a half at South Carolina. And it seems like forever ago that Kentucky was five and zero. Oh, they scored a win over then ranked Florida. Since then, they have lost four out of five. But those losses, Georgia, Alabama, Missouri, and Tennessee. And the Tennessee game was very close. They've absolutely handled the bottom half of the SEC. They beat Vandy, Florida, and Mississippi State by an average of 19 points per game. Two of those three were on the road. And South carolinas they've won two straight. They blew out Vandy last week. They got a 10-point win over Jacksonville State the week before that. This is not a good team. They're outside the top 100 on defense in yards per game allowed, yards per pass allowed, passing yards per game, third down conversion rate. Almost every meaningful metric, they're outside the top 100 defensively. And last week, Ray Davis never really got going against Alabama. Like we, You didn't see the strength of the Kentucky offense because they were down 21-0 before you knew it. Devin Larry was really playing his best ball of the season coming into that Alabama game. This is also a revenge spot. South Carolina beat Kentucky last year in a game that Will Levis missed due to injury. Give me the cats to bounce back here from the drubbing they took against Alabama. I like Kentucky minus one and a half over South Carolina.
0: For my next best bet, I'm going to go Duke minus four. And here's the situation. Oko goes saying all the right things about being happy at Duke. But it's kind of hard to turn down Texas A&M money or even just dream about being the head coach in <laughs> a place where you had... So much success as the defensive coordinator. yeah. So much success that it earned you a head coaching job at Duke, right? Finish the season strong at 8-4, and four, and that phone might ring, and it might be Texas A&M calling. Both of Duke's final two opponents are just playing out the strings. They both have no bowl games in sight. And in this game, you have a UVA rushing defense that allows 180.3 yards per game versus a Duke rushing offense that averages 180 yards per game and 5.1 yards per carry, second best in the ACC. Last week, I think we saw Grayson Loftus grow up a little bit in that overtime loss to UNC. The team seemed to rally around him late. And that confidence and trust should carry over into this week as he's preparing to start against Virginia. I like Duke laying the points on the road here.
1: Yeah, I I don't have anything good to say about Virginia. I do like the defense for Duke, although it worries me a little last week that they, they gave up so much to North Carolina. But... Virginia's not North Carolina on that side of the ball, so uh, less of a concern maybe. Um, Generally, I I agree with that. So, All right, there you go. Uh, Best bets. We've got Kentucky minus 1.5 and and Oregon State minus 2.5 are mine. Duke minus 4 and Iowa money line minus 165. Well, there you go. So hopefully we've got ourselves some winners here. And uh, like I said, only after this week, there's only one full Saturday left of college football. Pretty wild how, uh, how quickly the season's gone by. So I uh, appreciate you guys listening. As always, enjoy the games this weekend and go get some money.